This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gooners All back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making us a part of your morning routines. Uh, you join us, of course, now with a brand new week, which includes two new games for Arsenal facing Everton on Wednesday before a very important home clash against Bournemouth. In fact, you know, both games are very important. It's a chance for Arsenal to play four home games in the next five league fixtures. A very interesting period for the Gunners who faces, as I say, Everton and Bournemouth. We've got an away game against Fulham coming up uh, before we've got home games against Crystal Palace and one other team who's absolutely just escaped me in the most awkward of moments. Who is it? It's, it leads. It is Leeds. Uh, and obviously interspersed between the games uh, against Bournemouth, Fulham and Palace. We've got that home and away trip to Sporting in the Europa League as well. So the next five games, it's very, very, very important to pick up maximum points across all of them and very possible that the Gunners could indeed do it. Good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well and everybody joining us on catch up as well too. Uh, Morning to Matt G, morning to Vivian, morning to Condo, good morning to Carl, uh, Vivian, Tom, Harrison, we've got Mike, Johan, Marcus, Michael, Blackshine, Keems, MJ10, Peter, We've got Paul and Morgie, Stuart, Stevie, Matt, uh, Red Star, Mike, Adian, Popeye joining us in the chat as well. Uh, plenty more of you also, and I hope that you are all indeed, and you and your loved ones are doing good and well. And uh, continually, our thoughts are with those uh, currently in the community of TGT that have got things going on in their life. And uh, as always, we are with you and supporting you as much as we feasibly can. Anyway, let's move on to today's stories. We kick off with a disappointing result for Arsenal's ladies, who unfortunately were knocked out of the FA Cup uh, by Chelsea. Uh, it seemed as though as soon as this draw was made between the two teams that unfortunately uh, the Vitality FA Cup was going to be something of a challenge for Arsenal to try and succeed. Um, very, very disappointing indeed, but 
there are there are circumstances. I mean, I'm not too concerned about Jonas Idaval's position. We've lost Beth Mead. We've lost Viv Miedemar. We were unable to sign the striker that we needed to sign in January, even though we really tried to bring in a forward. Spent, you know, willing to spend record amounts of money to try and get in a striker, but unfortunately, it was not possible. Um, but to get to where we were without our two best players, arguably, is still an amazing achievement for the girls. And so, as always, um, we're very, very proud of them in, indeed. Uh, the men's sides have now gone 26 points clear of Chelsea's men's side, indeed, after they lost 2 0 to Tottenham at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Can't ever say I want Spurs to win. Uh, in fact, a draw would have been a very good result for Arsenal. However, I say a very good result for Arsenal. Neither team is relevant in Arsenal's season. But just the irony of trying to keep Spurs away for um, <laughs> away from the top four is, is what we want to see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just funny seeing how far Chelsea are falling. And they are falling at a rate of knots. Um, still without a win since the beginning of January. Graham Potter under ever-increasing Trouble and doubts. Um, it is quite funny, I'm going to be real, seeing the Chelsea fans melt down about the fact that they want this manager gone when they laughed at Arsenal fans for being so kind of quick to judge Mikel Arteta. Um, there's a lot of similarities, of course, between the Potter and Mikel Arteta situation. Um, Potter does certainly need time. Uh, Mudrik was benched for this game. Bamiang actually came on and looked pretty glum, it's fair to say, when coming off the bench in this fixture. But... Uh, yeah, Chelsea's season not going well at all. And at the moment, it seems like Champions League qualification is a long, long, long way away for them. Uh, now, Marquinhos, into more Arsenal-related uh, news, scored and assisted on his Norwich debut. Uh, a fantastic first appearance for the young Brazilian, who, of course, will spend the rest of this season on loan with Norwich. We'll, of course, be including Marquinhos now with expert insight in our monthly loan roundup. So make sure you're subscribed with those notifications turned on to know when that will be dropping. It will be in the first week of March. I'm aiming for that to go out. Um, but Marquinhos getting in the, into the team and playing very, very well indeed and uh, really making a name for himself as early as possible. Um, Martin Odegaard, I spoke to him after the game uh, yesterday. Uh, or rather yesterday, I'm thinking two days ahead. Rather Saturday, I spoke with him with a number of other journalists in the mix zone after the game. I was curious to ask the Arsenal club captain about his uh, how he plays differently, the kind of relationship between him and Trossard and Inketia, uh, after obviously playing with a different number nine against, uh, nearly said Everton then, against Leicester City. They do play in blue, to be fair. Um, he, re he replied by saying, two different players, you have to adapt to the qualities of the ones who play, but two great players. Different, but great to play with both of them. Leo did a great game, unlucky with the goal there, and Eddie also had an impact. I also asked uh, Martin Odegaard, talking more specifically about Martinelli, because when Martinelli got injured, Erdogan was one of the first players to run over. And I talked a bit about this yesterday. Martinelli, if you remember, against Manchester City, uh, went down injured after a clash with Zach Steffen. This was soon after he recovered from his serious knee problem. He wasn't actually that injured at all. It's kind of the shock of anything happening to his knee and he panics. And I think that happened again. And when I asked Erdegaard about that, he says he was just very scared in the moment. He probably felt something and was scared. It was serious. That was the main thing, but everything was okay. So that's good. Um, yeah, so it was interesting seeing Martinelli react that way and him being fine uh, to continue after that happened because it did hark back to that moment in 2020 against Zach Stefan and Man City in the, I think it was the League Cup game. 
between the two of them. But uh, Odegaard, very, very complimentary of both Trossard and Nketiah. No matter who he's playing with, he clearly has the ability to adapt to either and knows he needs to adapt to the different style that they play with. Uh, whilst I'm not a huge fan of Danny Murphy's analysis sometimes, I thought he did a really good job of looking at the positives that Trossard brought to the side on match of the day. So if you haven't given that a chance or you haven't been given a chance to watch that yet, I suggest you catch up on it. Um, moving forwards then. Uh, William Saliba, of course, David Ornstein, is not yet close to signing that brand new contract. However, says that this could indeed be quickly changing if there is indeed an agreement struck. I know it seems quite broad and obvious to suggest that whilst we're not close, things can change quite quick. We heard from William Saliba that he is very keen on trying to, well, on staying at Arsenal and trying to win as many of the trophies that are out there as feasible possible. So he wants to win everything. He wants to put Arsenal back at the top. And I mean, in terms of words from a player that we know we've got kind of a question mark about whether or not he's going to stay for the long term, I don't think you can get as committal without signing a new contract as hearing some of the things that he said maybe to the point where uh um maybe to the point where we talk about um what's his name uh oh who's the guy that we're trying to talk about regarding contracts uh it's completely gone out of my mind but regarding Saliba you know when you're talking about a guy that's trying to sign a brand new deal um Martinelli when he turned around and said about the pen do you remember that in his press conference we said just need a pen that's probably as close as you can get with a player trying to sign a brand new contract uh, without actually doing it. But uh, beyond that, Saliba saying that he wants to win everything, saying that he wants to uh, get to the side of the top of uh, the table, top of every single possible trophy with Arsenal. That's pretty darn close to being as uh, committed to a new deal without actually doing it as you could get. Uh, now, the club also are said to want to extend the contracts of both Aaron Ramsdale and Granite Xhaka. Uh, the players' contracts currently Xhaka's runs out at the end of next season. Ramsdale has until 2025, but has an option on his contract to last until 2026. But both players are said to be wanted by the club for an extra period of time. They want to improve their terms, improve their situation, and they want to lock down the key members of their squad. So it's a good move. It's certainly what Arsenal need to do in the market is to lock down their own players before we need to worry about who we're trying to sign. But for me, great news on this front that Arsenal continue to push. And again, a massive props to our, uh, Arteta, Edu, Richard Garlic in pushing forward with signing up some of our key players to long-term contracts. Now, our headline story is that David Ornstein, while speaking with uh, the American media outlets, spoke specifically about the areas that Arsenal would be trying to look to sign players. And he mentions that fullback, midfield and potentially even a centre forward are the three areas that Arsenal would look to strengthen the squad in the summer. Arsenal have been linked in the past to the likes of Victor Ozzyman. I know that he's a player that a lot of Arsenal fans would like to see arrive at the Gunners, although any potential deal for the Nigerian forward would be very expensive indeed. Ivan Fresneda is the obvious option in the fullback position. We know that he was linked to Arsenal quite heavily in January. He could yet move in the summer, but Arsenal face competition from clubs like Newcastle, Borussia Dortmund, also said to be interested in the player as well. So if they want him, it's probably going to cost them a little bit to outcompete those clubs in the summer. And in midfield, we know Arsenal have had a lot of potential targets. Declan Rice seems to be the priority at the moment, but we've also been linked to players like Yuri Tielemans, Ibrahima Bamba, and a number of others as well. Moises Caicedo, of course, we bid for in January. Who knows? Could we return for him in the summer? We'll have to wait and see. Okay, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, part two. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the chat. Uh, Marcus says, Todd has just realised that his team is not magical. He thought he had Harry Potter as his manager. <laughs> Goodness me. Yes. I mean, Chelsea are just a joy to experience, to watch, to witness fall apart. I cannot be any happier watching Chelsea do what they do, which is to just fail over and over again in a firework of financial hilarity. It is brilliant uh, to experience it always. Uh, let's go to MJ10 says, I like Xhaka. I just hope he's not a starter in the next season. I think we can improve on him. I mean, if he's good enough, he starts. It's as simple as that. You know, he's part of the reason why we're top of the table at the moment. He's been a crucial part of the team. And to think that if he's not a starter next season, we've got someone in better than him. It's going to take a hell of a lot of money to find a player that is indeed going to get in front of him in this squad because he's been absolutely fantastic. I thought, it again, I didn't really talk about this in yesterday's show, breaking down the win over Leicester, but I thought that Xhaka returned to some of his best form in that game again, yes, uh, on Saturday. Uh, let's go to... Lynn says, Premier League, yes, I'm looking at winning it, but I was saying it would be very disappointing if we were to lose... Um, and something different or something different. Um, look, obviously, it would be disappointing if we didn't win the Premier League this season because we've given ourselves in this kind of pedestal. We've put ourselves on this platform to potentially try and win it. Um, obviously, finishing second would still represent an unbelievable season for Arsenal in the context of what we were looking at at the beginning of the season. But we'd still end up being disappointed. You think back to last season, most people were looking at us just getting back into Europe. We very nearly got back into the Champions League. Um, in a, in a year before the club had really kind of planned to reach that level. And certainly to compete for the championship this season is is just, again, beyond what they expected. And we are so far ahead of schedule, but it's about establishing ourselves there and trying to win it. We want to try and win it this season. We've got a great chance. So let's try and push for it. Uh, Nick says, with us playing Lisbon, do you feel uh, we can prioritise the league with the squad choice or should we go full strength in Europe as well? I think that, Nick, we've got enough quality to rotate some players out. You'd have to rotate the entire team. Obviously, you think Turner would come in. I think Tommy Asu and Tierney would probably come in. I think if Partey's starting again, you've got Jorginho there. Xhaka just plays every game. He's an absolute machine in that sense. Uh, you've got Trossard, of course. Gabby Jesus might be back by the Europa League, so Enketi might be starting those games in the Europa. We've got lots of players. Fabio Vieira, of course. Loads of opportunities. Kivior holding. Um, Smith Rowe, you know, there's so many opportunities for Arsenal to play 
um, a change side in the Europa League and still maintain a top quality 11. So I look forward to it. I can't wait to see what we do in that competition. Uh, Raul says, hi, Tom. What do you think about the rumour Xhaka contract extension of three years? Uh, his contract, I think, runs out at the end of this, well, not this season, but the following season. And a contract extension of three years, I believe, is to change that so that it's a two extra years, if you know. So it's not a three-year extension. We're extending it by two years, so it would be to 2026. Now, Xhaka currently, what age is Xhaka? Um, I think he's 31? 30. He turns 31 in September. So at the end of that two-year extension, 2026, you'd be looking at him being about, well, 34 years old by the end of that. And if you look at what Xhaka is and you look at what profile of midfielder he is, it's not the type of thing where I think age is going to be his downfall. When you think about players where you think they start to trail off as they get older, it's usually players like wingers. Sometimes it's fast strikers. Sometimes it's quick defenders or fullbacks. You know, they're the types of positions that you usually see players drop off significantly as they go into their mid to or early to mid 30s and sometimes even into their late 30s. But look at midfielders like Casemiro. Look at a midfielder like uh, Luka Modric, great example. And I'm not saying that Xhaka is on the level of these players, but in terms of the style, in terms of how they move, you know, he isn't. He doesn't strike me as a player that age is going to be his adversary. If anything, I just think he'd like a bit of a fine wine. He might even improve uh, as he continues to play and get better. So I don't think we need to worry about age being an issue with extending Xhaka's contract. And similar to the Elneny situation, I think Elneny will probably move on at the end of next season when that one-year option expires. Um, or not one-year option, but we renegotiated the whole contract. Um, I think Xhaka is a very, very important member of the group and a part of the group that they want to keep. And obviously that doesn't stop us from signing anybody. Arsenal are still looking to try and sign uh, Declan Rice in the summer. That's the priority target. And you've also got Charlie Patino that's coming through as well. So there's potential for Arsenal to have two brand new uh, members of that first team squad in the midfield for next season in the form of Rice and Patino, which I think when you add that to already Jorginho, Partey, Xhaka, um, I suppose if Sambi comes back, maybe him. You're Elneny, of course, still there too. Um, but adding Rice and Patino to the group is, is something exciting, I think, to be certainly happy about. Uh, let's go to Rich. He says, Tom, if you think replacing Xhaka would be expensive, does that mean you no longer think Smith-Rowe could do it? Um, that role, it's obviously something we're yet to see Smith-Rowe play. I'm hopeful that he could play that role. But we've not really seen it yet. We've seen it on like the odd occasion now and then. But to know that he can play that role, it's just theory right now. It's just theory that really Smith Rowe can operate in that left eight position. We might see it. We might see it before between now and the end of the season. I'm not sure how quickly we're going to see Smith Rowe get into this side before the Europa League. I don't know how many minutes he's even going to get before the Europa League unless some of the score lines start going in his way. I actually wrote about this after Leicester. I felt as if we if we'd have gone two or three nil up we may have seen Smith-Rowe come on. But because the game was kind of finely poised to at 1-0, Arteta, I don't think, ever felt comfortable bringing on someone like Smith-Rowe for a Martinelli at any point during the game, which is a shame because I think he needs to get some minutes and time on the field. But I don't think we're going to see that until we start going two or three goals up with 10 or 20 minutes left of the game to go. Um, Lynn says, did you see the dramas of the yellow cards yesterday at the ref at Chelsea? No, I didn't. I was out. So I wasn't actually watching the game. I was keeping up to date with it while I was out, trying to enjoy my afternoon after a very busy day up and down to Leicester on Saturday. But uh, no, I didn't see uh, the yellow cards drama. Um, let me see if I can just find yellow cards Chelsea. 
Let's just see if there's anything uh, in the news. Ryan Hakim ZH red card was reversed as Stuart Atwell causes Tottenham and Chelsea chaos. Great headline. Uh, Hakim ZH saw a red card overturned by VAR following an utterly bizarre incident in the closing stages of the first half of Tottenham and Chelsea. ZF brought down Richarlison with a poor challenge before a melee started when the Brazilian reacted by pushing the Chelsea winger. Ziyech initially appeared to avoid any punishment with referee Stuart Atwell showing yellow cards to Kai Havertz and Emerson Royale for the involvement. Atwell spoke to his assistant, Darren Can on the touchline before making his decisions. But after hearing from VAR Paul Tierney in his earpiece, Atwell showed a straight red card to Ziyech, who had clearly put his hands into the face of Royale, an incident that Atwell appeared to have missed in the first time around. Ziyech walked to the touchline, resigned to his fate before stopping as a VAR check came up on the big screen inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Atwell was summoned over to the monitor, and after seeing a few replays, he rescinded the red card in favour of a yellow. The decision went down terribly with Tottenham uh, and the coaching staff with the fourth official receiving an earful at halftime Spurs. Captain Harry Kane was seen in conversation with Atwell as teams went in at nil-nil. There you go. (laughs) For those that didn't see it, there's a comprehensive description of what happened. And people in the chat box are saying that it indeed wasn't a red card. Um, But it seemed the article made it sound like he'd received something in his earpiece to suggest that he should be giving a red card. He's then checked the monitor and not given a red card. So very strange, very strange indeed. But what can we expect from VAR these days? We don't know. Mark says, how is Bailey doing? And when will you be doing a show with him? Keep up the great work. Uh, uh, Bailey's doing great as far as I'm aware. He's starting his new role very soon. Um, And of course, you'll see Bailey on the channel. Of course, you'll see Bailey, Chris, and plenty of people that I've done work with still remain on exceptionally good terms because they're good lads and uh, they're always welcome uh, on the channel again. Uh, let's go to Salem. It says, Jesus return. When's he back? Hopefully we find out. Uh, I need to tell you that I will not be doing a live 8am show tomorrow because I'm going to be at Mikel Arteta's press conference in the morning at London Colney. It's taking place very early. So I need to leave very early to make sure that I get there on time. So sorry, but there'll be no live show. I may pre-record something, um, so that it goes out tomorrow morning, but, uh, no, I will be at the press conference. So there'll be no live show tomorrow uh, at all um let's go to kennedy who says should sakura martinelli rotate positions during a match if challenges are being rotated among opposition defenders why can't saka target defenders with a card from the other side of the pitch it's not a bad shout and i think that we should be more fluid i think when we saw trossard coming against leicester we certainly saw more fluidity in the team trossard and, and martinelli exchanging positions and we saw for the goal Trossard popping up on the left-hand side, playing Martinelli through centrally to score. So I think there is some fluidity there. I'm not sure you're necessarily going to see it with Martinelli and Saka, but I don't think it's a bad suggestion at all. And certainly we should be more. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? flexible, malleable with our team. I suppose that's it. Uh, Akaka says, Morning, Tom. How I wish we would go for Victor Ozyman. What a striker and can fit our play. Drops deep and also very good in the final third. What are your thoughts? Look, if the striker's out there, if you can go and sign somebody as good as him, amazing. Problem is very, very expensive. Not sure Arsenal are going to be able to sign Ozyman and Rice in the same window. That would be very, very expensive indeed. Um, let's go to Tears of Disgust. It says, not sure if Partey's touch is better than that of Xhaka, but Xhaka's first touch often costs us in the final third. If Jorginho starts with Odegaard, can Partey do Xhaka's role? We haven't seen Partey play slightly further up the pitch, except from when he came on for Odegaard in the game at the weekend. He played slightly ahead of both Jorginho and Xhaka, 
really did well to sprint up the right wing uh, towards the end of the game to cross for Eddie Nketiah. It was only just uh, blocked and it certainly would have re uh, reached Nketiah potentially to set him up for a chance on goal. So I think there's potential there for, for Partey to play that position. Obviously, he's just been so good in the, the number six role, but so is Jorginho. What's great about this is that we can ask these questions. We've got these problems. And that's what's so good about Arsenal's squad right now is that we've built a team that creates problems in terms of selection. And that's a great place to be in. And you've got to give, again, props to those that have built this squad that we've got so many options in the team now to use. Alan says, what do you think of Jorginho and Partey and Odegaard in the midfield? Again, kind of similar to what I just talked about. I think there's potential for it. If we want to rotate Xhaka, I think that we've got the option to be able to do that. Uh, Benji says, any idea why Arteta has been holding back on his subs recently? They'll never get any uh, minutes at this rate. I think one of the reasons is the score lines. I think the score lines is one of the reasons as to why we're not seeing as much change. So if we have a quick look at Arsenal's previous results, we've beaten Leicester 1-0. We were drawing with uh, Aston Villa 2-2 until the last moments of the game. We were only beating Brentford 1-0 until we then went 1-1. We were losing, of course, to Everton and the game was pretty tight. And again, we wanted to try and even though we didn't play particularly well, there's nothing in our favour to start giving players minutes. Um, the Manchester United game, very tight throughout the whole fixture. Tottenham, we actually saw Smith-Rowe come on, and that's because we were 2-0 up. And in the final moments, he brought Smith-Rowe on, I think, for like the last minute or two. Um, but in that option, we had, you know, we were in a commanding position against Oxford United. We brought Smith Rowe on, uh, I think, at what was it, 2 0 or 1 0 when we brought them on? But we were in, again, a commanding position in that game. Newcastle didn't make too many changes because it was 0 0. Brighton remained close because they kept on threatening to come back into the game, even though we won that game 4 2. West Ham United, we went 1-0 down. I had to kind of claw that back and get three goals. We're not blitzing teams, are we? Like, we're not going 2-3-4-0 up anymore. We were beating Forest. We were beating Bournemouth at the start of the season. We were getting bigger score lines. But because we're not winning by a, a large margin, I don't think Arteta's necessarily trusting of his subs to bring them on and change the game and feels only comfortable when we're in more of a commanding position in terms of a scoreline. So I think, Benji, that's probably the reason as to why. Um, Matt says, would you support officials having to explain decisions via a microphone to the crowd and broadcast, as is done in American football, ice hockey, basketball, rugby as well? Uh, I think it would help in a lot of ways. I am absolutely in support of that idea. I think it is something that we need to do to make them feel more accountable uh interviews after games explanations publications of referees reports i think certainly could be something that's considered and taught and, and thought about so yes matt anything that's going to create more transparency i think we need to be in favor of um maximia says tom in the men's fa cup we drew man city the premier league challenges and the ladies fa cup we drew chelsea to be fair that was in the semi-final that we drew chelsea um semi-final or quarter-final think semi-final uh again the premier league challenges could this be more than a coincidence no i think you're reading too much into it maximus uh, I, I don't i don't think you can suggest anything extra or anything sinister is going on there no um let's go to steve who says will we see uh some fines given to all the other teams for surrounding the referees that we seem to get steve i recommend following uh the fa spokes person on twitter uh, a lot of teams are getting fines a, a lot a lot of teams are getting fines so trust me it isn't just us that gets those fines but i would say that the charge that we received for the oxford game has set the bar very very low and that has obviously had an impact on 
unfortunately the amount of charges we're now seeing because they've set the bar so incredibly and stupidly low so there you go abdul says hi tom which striker would you like us to sign i think aussie men if you can get him is obviously a prime prime candidate um beyond him <clears throat> there is part of me that wants to see balogun given a chance and i know that seems like a cop-out answer because we already got him we don't have to sign him but you're talking about someone who's got you know i think I don't know if he's now got the most goals in Liga anymore. Um, but he certainly did not so recently ago. I only say that because he didn't score this weekend and Rons won uh, 3-0, but he didn't score. So have a quick check. No, Kylian Mbappe is now top scorer, 17 goals. Um, but Balogun's second highest on 15. If that was anyone else, we'd be, going, we'd be going, sign him. Sign this guy. Sign this guy that's got 15 goals in Liga. All those times we're being linked to Jonathan David, we're saying we should sign him. This guy's better. Balogun's doing better, you know, than Jonathan David at the moment. In the I know they've got the same amount of goals, but I think he's had a better season. You think of what the team that he's playing for, you think of the context that Balogun's playing in that he's never played in that league before. I think he's had a better season so far than Jonathan David. I think we should be looking to try and bring him, return into the club and give him an opportunity to play. So it seems like a, a cop out, but I would bring him back and see what happens. Um, Aya. Thank you for the donation. Says, why are we even talking about a striker? We have Jesus, Eddie Trossard and Balogun. Buying an Ozzyman would be a waste when we can need uh, spending that money in other positions. I, like you, I, I think that the striker priority is lower on my list. You know, I think that we need to be bringing in a central midfielder. I think we need to be bringing in a fullback. And I think potentially maybe even a left-back if Tierney and Tavares leave in the summer. They're more of my priorities than a striker. Uh, maybe even a wide player remains more of a, a, pro, a, a priority for me than than what a striker does. Because as you say, we've got four potential centre-forward options. We've got Trossard, Eddie, Jesus and Balogun to return. I think we have plenty of centre-forward options. For me, a wide player, a centre-midfielder and a, uh, a fullback are certainly, for me, more uh, more of a priority than the striker position is. Uh, so I agree with you. Uh, Abdul says, would you start Partey in the next game with Jorginho's recent form? Yeah, I would. I, I think that we would start Partey against Everton. You can bring Jorginho back in for Bournemouth. I think we can make rotational changes. We've got a lot of games coming up. You know, the Leicester game was the first of seven games in 23 days. I think we can rotate. I think we can make changes. I think we can keep players fresh and fit and usable as much as possible. So, yes, I would make a couple of changes, uh, but only because I think we've got this midweek game. That said, I kind of have a feeling that I think Arteta might start with the same team that he played uh, against Leicester, except maybe Nketiah coming back in for Trossard. That's that's the only difference that I see happening. Um, and well, to be fair, maybe Partey then for Jorginho, and then Jorginho back for, for Bournemouth. But we, it's great that we've got this problem. How many of us thought we'd even be having a conversation about Jorginho potentially starting over Partey in any game? Not many of us, I don't think. So that is, is a great testament to the business that, again, we've done in this market. Trossard, Jorginho have been great additions to this squad and are certainly propelling us towards our goal, which we all know is, is trying to win the title. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. K Opus, this is over a thousand of you watching, but we've only got 45 likes. Come on, guys, let's get the likes up in the video. I really appreciate the support that you always show the channel. Um, please do indeed uh, subscribe and help us on our way to the next milestone that is on our list. A massive congratulations, by the way, to Charles Watts, who's now not only over 80, 82,000 subs, but I think he's been doing the channel for, uh, I think, three 
potential years now. He's done brilliantly well. Make sure you subscribe to Charles if you're not already. Really good guy. Um, and of course, I won't be doing a show uh, live tomorrow morning because I'm going to be at the press conference uh, with Mikel Arteta and speaking to him at the head of the game against Everton. So do make sure that you are tuned into Football London's live blog so you can get all the latest updates on what happens during the presser. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, as it always is. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new, all that lovely stuff. Uh, I'll be back tonight on the Arsenal Lounge, as always, 8pm. Uh, I'll be joined by joining Mo and Lev to talk about all things Arsenal. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it should be good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I will see you again very, very soon. Have a fantastic start to your week. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.